A disclaimer before we start, in this episode, we will be discussing suicide and suicidal ideation. If this is something that you are going through, we implore you to please speak up, to please find help, to please let people around you know how and what you're feeling. My name is Cesar Marin, and this is the Cultivating Wisdom Podcast. This show's mission is to have honest and provocative conversations about the practice of microdosing psilocybin as a way of achieving a more balanced lifestyle. Microdosing transformed my life and I truly believe it could change the lives of so many. The show's mission is to set a buffet table of wisdom so that we can cultivate a better future. The idea is to poke at people's childhood curiosity and seek to lift the stigma associated with psychedelics. Welcome, everybody, to a new episode of the Cultivating Wisdom podcast, where we come together to share our stories about psychedelic medicine, how it's changed our lives for the better. Today's guest is amazing. If anyone knows anything about psychedelic medicine, has read about psychedelic medicine, they've come across the term or the acronym MAPS. MAPS is at the forefront of psychedelic medicine, not only being the face of everything that's going on uh, scientifically, decriminalization, legalization. And their president is someone who everyone in the psychedelic space knows, Rick Doblin. Rick Doblin is an incredible human being who we would love to have on the podcast, but I have the next best thing. I have the right side of Rick's brain on our podcast. Charlene Justice is the... She is the right side brain of, of, of Rick Dublin. That's all I need to say. She is his right-hand person. She is the person in charge of Rick Wrangling. Um, Charlene, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about how it is like to work with probably the most important man in psychedelic medicine. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I deeply appreciate the invite. I recently uh, was featured in the MAPS newsletter and uh, it was talking about working for Rick and what it's like. And I said, he's like a curious toddler, a rebellious teenager, a professional businessman, and a visionary creature all wrapped into one. So like a, he's like a Disney. He's like a Disney character. He's amazing. He is. He is. He is truly amazing. Um, I I had the, the the wonderful pleasure of coming in Charlene's space at Canadelic in February in Miami, and right away from from her smile, from just her personality, um, I, I knew that it was someone really special, um, special to the point where she is. I mean, there's not many people, and this encompasses what Charlene was talking about. There's not many people in this world that that to move through crowds, they need people to move them. And Charlene sort of moves, helps Rick moves and navigates through crowd because if not, he would never go anywhere. He would just stop. He's just that type of person that everyone wants to talk to and he wants to talk to everybody. But Charlene <laughs> took the time out of what she was doing during Canadelic after we had met when Rick came and Rick was aside by himself to sort of say, Caesar, do you want to meet Rick? And, and, and I got a sense right away of one, how important she is in his life and how important he is in her life right it, it it's sort of it's it's this wonderful bond of 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 these two incredible people on this incredible mission um 
talking about that mission, Charlene, let's 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 at least get the the maps part out of the way, and then I really want to talk about you because I think that you're the guest. You have this incredible story, and it all ties into where we take psychedelic medicine, or where we hope to take psychedelic medicine to the future. Where is maps right now? What is the goal before 2023? And then where? is maps let's say three years from now let's not give it a five year because things change very rapidly in in in, in this space where where does maps want to be yeah so okay in oh as of this month so Mm -hmm. on april 8th Mm -hmm. is maps 37th birthday so uh, rick founded maps in 1986 and he has been working to turn MDMA assisted therapy back into a medicine. It used to be legal. And then um, when the war on drugs started, it was outlawed. And so he and the team have been working and we've successfully completed two phase three trials. And this year we are going to be filing our new drug application or NDA with the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, for clinical use of MDMA-assisted therapy, so available by prescription. And if we are approved, we should have that next year in the U.S., Canada, and Israel. Now, in terms of a three-year, you know, it'll really depend on if we are approved, which the odds of that happening are looking favorable based on our data and... um, we, the, the fact that we got breakthrough designation therapy status from the Food and Drug Administration, meaning that we um, are sort of fast-tracked based on the need for this and the results that have been produced. So, that, But I have to be careful with the language and make correct. sure that we're not doing any pre-approval drug marketing. No, but, um, Smart, yeah. yeah, so assuming we are um, approved next year, then we would start you know, the rollout of that and trying to get access and equitable treatment. It's a little bit tricky because there is so much therapy involved. Mm -hmm. So there's three therapy sessions before the active drug session. Mm -hmm. And then three before. So it's, it's, I I had, I was under the impression it was one before the actual session and then an integration session, but it's sort of the the studies have showed that, that there's a little bit more work needed before. So, yeah, three preparatory sessions first. And then you have your drug session, which is like around eight hours. Mm -hmm. And then you have three integration sessions after that, followed by another drug session, followed by three integration sessions. And then your third and final drug session, followed by your your three integration sessions for that. It takes place over like about a three and a half month period. So... With every therapy session, there are two therapists present. And um, typically in our studies, they have been male, female. They don't have to be. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But the time, you know, th- therapists, it, it costs money for therapy. And so the cost is pretty high in terms of all of those sessions. And so we're trying to do what we can to get insurance on board to, you know, introduce health equity options, these types of things so that we can make sure that people can have access. Another barrier is the 
when the federal government reschedules a drug, um, some states follow suit with the government's decision. Other states have to vote it in. Mm -hmm. So there will be a process of, you know, education in which we're already working on and, um, you know, getting the lobbying and getting those states to change their laws so that the constituents and the people who live there are able to have access to this if they are eligible and if they feel it's appropriate for them. You talked about, again, there's a lot of work to be done. There's a, there's a lot of work to be done. That being said, if we look at where psychedelic medicine was five years ago compared to where it is now, you go, okay, well, that's sort of, it, it, it's a progress, right? It takes time. All of these efforts take take money. They take it. How can people help? In other words, I, I'm a big advocate about the wonderment of psychedelic medicine. There's other people that are also there. I know what MAPS is. Not everyone is completely aware. What can people out there do to help? What can, besides educating themselves, besides um, knowing the potential of MDMA uh, therapy, what else can people do, Charlene, to help out? Yeah, thank you for asking. So we are a nonprofit. We're a 501c3, and we do rely on donations and grants. And so people can go to maps.org forward slash donate if they would like to help. We are at a challenging time in our history right now. Rick was um, on Joe Rogan for the fourth time uh, on Friday talking about this position that we're in where we really want to, he calls it um, the knife's edge between altruism and capitalism. And he really wants to move forward with philanthropic dollars, but we may have to do more traditional forms of funding if we're unable to do that. And then there could be implications. So um, just a really quick overview, MAPS, the nonprofit, was founded in 1986. And then in 2014, uh, we founded the MAPS Public Benefit Corporation, or the PBC. And that is a special type of for-profit business model. So in a typical business model, if you like you have a fiduciary responsibility to prioritize profit. So let's just say that you and I were in business together and we were making shirts and I was like, hey, we should go to China and we should get the cheapest shirts we possibly can and we should um, do, you know, the, the bare baseline of whatever we can do. And you were like, I, I really want to do a cotton shirt and I really want to have this kind of printed, nice, you know, quality stuff. I want to make sure our workers are being paid properly, et cetera, et cetera. And I decided that, you know, no, we're going to do this cheaper way. And you argued and you went forward and you wanted to do the more sustain, sustainable, environmental and, um, you know, consumer friendly, everybody getting taken care of. I could sue you. Mm. I could mm. sue you because we are supposed to prioritize profits. Profit, so they yeah. have this special business model called the Public Benefit Corporation. And that means that you can prioritize public benefit over profits. That, so uh, yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, so Maps is 
MAPS is the sole owner currently of the Public Benefit Corporation. So we have okay. all the say in how that company operates mm-hmm. and what they do. Now, if we went with more traditional funding options, that may look like going public or getting loans or doing any number of, you know, creative thinking to try to fund this and make sure it's possible. But that could mean that we have other shareholders who have different motives. You know, Rick is very much wanting to work with underserved, underprivileged, like the communities that are most in need. That's very important. And if we had people who, who were, not aligned with that, then it may make it more challenging to Mm -hmm. do that. So it is really important that as a community, the people who can support this do, because if we're not able to get it through in a way that's supportive of everyone, it may not turn out as intended, not to say that it still won't Mm -hmm. be good. Yeah. Um, Or that it can't have, you know, the potential to still serve, but we really want to do this in the best way possible. Yeah, you, you, you hit on two things that, that, that I find incredibly interesting in this space. And that being said, um, if you can um, donate to MAPS, I mean, go to the website, go to MAPS website. Um, there is a place there to donate. Every single dollar is going to help. Every single dollar to, to, if psychedelic medicine has changed your life, if you've seen the wonderments of psychedelic medicine, if you know people who are struggling and could potentially use the benefits of MDMA therapy, Please make sure that you, you open your heart a bit to what MAPS is doing uh, because it is, it is incredible. It is incredible what they're doing. But the, the two things I wanted to talk about that you sort of touched upon is this sort of I see the psychedelic space. And again, you've been in the psychedelic space for a while. You've been working for MAPS for a very long time. I'm very new in this, right? But right away I can tell, I can see that psychedelic medicine is on this seesaw. Like one side is this very corporate um, you know, patents, money, but that opens doors to Congress. Um, and on the other side is this very holistic, you know, this comes from the earth. Why am I going to have to go to a doctor to sort of prescribe this? Why do I have to sort of ask my insurance where there's there? But but what we don't want is for it to, to, to teeter on either side, right? So it's sort of, I think it's important that the more of us that can stand in the middle of that seesaw, um, so that we can balance this so it doesn't go one way. And, and I wanted to see what your thought on that was. Yeah. MDMA is actually manufactured in a lab, but with psilocybin, it does come from the earth and it mm-hmm. is, it is really challenging. I think that, you know, humanity, <laughs> my partner always has this thing like about crosswalks, you know, <laughs> he can't stay on crosswalks because he thinks it's so annoying that he should be told when he cannot can or cannot walk. He's like, I can, I can turn my head and I can see, I understand him, yeah. you know, if yeah, there's a vehicle coming and it's like, you know, and I have to explain to him, like, not everybody has the same abilities as you. Mm. Not everybody has the same cognitive processing as you. And so societally, you know, we put in these sort of barriers or not barriers, but like, um, bumpers, you know, I'm thinking like mm-hmm. in a bowling alley, like how they have the, the bumper thing for the kids, um, so we put it in these these placeholders, these safeguards. That's the safeguards, word. Safeguards, yeah, that's for, yeah. For people who need them, and we're—I mean—we're in trials. We're trying to sort out what works and what doesn't. But this is very—even though psychedelics have been around for a very long time, 
in and they have been studied a lot. There's still a lot to know. And yes. so it is this delicate balance of how do we ensure that people have access and they're safe and that this doesn't become a danger or exactly. you know, get out of control. Exactly. And that's that's what I was talking about, my concern, that I think if if either if anyone stands on too much on one side or the other, it could sort of seesaw, right? And and it's sort mm-hmm. of whether it's um, you know, obviously the 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 one side, the very corporate side of psychedelic medicine and 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 that healing and modalities are incredibly important, but my my biggest concern and what I see sometimes, and I know that this is this is something that you're very passionate about, that there are communities out there, whether it's the lower marginalized communities, whether it's a community because it's sheltered, it's a Hispanic community, whether it's the sort of carceral system, which I know is very close to your heart. There's a, there's a lot of communities that aren't going to have insurance or aren't going to have a thousand dollars to go to a session or aren't going to have so my my concern sometimes with this is that you're going to have the haves you're going to be able to heal and the haves not are not going to be able to heal and there and, and it takes a lot it's not just you know let's open up a clinic and give medicine to whoever wants to come in and get medicine for free there's so much that comes along with this from i mean the therapeutic work is just as important as the medicine and i know that this is incredibly important to you also because i know you've you've you're part of the MAPS therapeutic program um, and that you intentionally hope to then in the future teach others this therapeutic modality of helping people use psychedelics in the right way. How how do we assure that these communities have all the tools necessary besides just the medicine to be able to go forward? Because uh, I was talking to Devin Phillips from MAPS. um, and. And, and, and Devin opened my eyes to something, you know, when I first got in this where he said, look, you can't expect to take someone from a marginalized community, take them into a setting, have them take medicine, potentially see some healing and then expose them back to where he came from. There has to be some work there done. How, 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 do, we, how do we ensure? How do you see? Because, again, I, I know how much a lot of this means to you. I know how much you are about science education and human services that's the mm-hmm. real big important part of this what do we do to ensure that that that, that everyone has a potential of having the healing properties of plant medicine or psychedelic medicine i think that's the big question right now and i yeah it's very challenging because these are you know these are system issues mm-hmm. that we have mm-hmm. like the way that we're structured the way that we operate as a society these are these are much bigger you know rick believes that psychedelics can work towards creating a spiritualized humanity and you know he wants to try to work towards zero net trauma by 2070 but there are so many elements of you know there are so many people without food without shelter correct like correct. the basic needs of yes. human beings yep. are not being met on a, on a pretty wide scale level i don't know how you know how many people are struggling with houselessness where you live but where i live there are many and mm-hmm. you know us talking about getting people psychedelic therapies like i know a bunch of people who just need therapy therapy period yes you, you know with or without psychedelics correct. need therapy yep. and can't yep. access it And so 
you know, I think that collectively it's going to take a lot more community effort to try to rework these systems, mm-hmm. to try to change the way that we operate yep. as a collective. Yep. And I know that there are a lot of people doing the work in different areas, but I really think it's a community effort and organizing and saying, you know, we have to create change and and what does that look like and how can we move toward that? But I don't have the answers. I wish I did. It's yeah. something that I think about, you know, often. I went to a TED conference, like a TEDx talk. I think it was in 2017. It was before I started. Is that the one, is that the one that Rick was at? No, no. That okay. Rick got to go to the real TED conference. Okay, but, okay, okay. <laughs> um, Brad, Brad Burge, our okay. former um, media, director of media at MAPS. It was when I was volunteering for MAPS, but I hadn't started working for them yet but they had a TEDx in Salem and we had to like, what is one question you've always wondered? And my question was something along the lines of like, how can we restructure the systems that we operate by to better serve all living beings and the earth as a whole? And so this is definitely like something that's on my mind. Um, but I think that, you know, we're, on- we're, we're thinking about it. We're, we're, we're thinking again, Charlene, you you and I are just two human beings, right? We're just, of course, we would love to change the world. Of course, we would love, but the fact that we're talking about this now, the fact that we're that we're that we're speaking about it, the fact that we're bringing this to the forefront, I, I think that's what we do, right? I think that's that's where we go. No, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So um, if, if if you just well, doubt if you just joined, it's not people just don't join halfway through a podcast, but sort of a little. <laughs> <laughs> a little that's 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 the old tv me that's the old tv me working but but just in case you haven't heard i i'm actually joined by just by charlene justice who is she is the executive manager to rick doblins yes the one and only rick doblins of maps she's she's joining us um and she's got she's actually got an incredible story if you don't know she only worked at maps i think what was it like 80 hours before you were given the job to be rick's handler yeah, my first 80 hours. So yeah, I started volunteering for MAPS uh, as an undergraduate. I, I I started out at the community college, but, which is really funny. I can't remember if I told you this or you just know me that well now where <laughs> I, I went, like I had been reading um, articles on the mm-hmm. benefic- beneficial uses of cannabis. Yeah, yes. And yeah, one of my friends had sent me the movie Run from the Cure with Rick Simpson and was like, you know, okay. uh, uh, cannabis oil has the potential to kill cancer cells. And I was like, eh, yeah, I've been smoking weed for a long time and I've yeah. been around <laughs> it for my whole life. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. yeah. And I started trying to read the papers and I was like, I couldn't understand. And so I went back to school with the which um, hold on a second, hold on a second, time out because a lot of people don't know this. You have an amazing story because you graduated from high school, and unlike the majority of people that go right away to college, you there was ten year gap before you went to mm-hmm. to you correct right? Yeah, I did a lot of partying yeah. and. Uh- <laughs> yeah, but you know what? It's it's. I, I think I think it's a testament to it's never too late. It's never too late. How many people might have been in your situation and said, I'm not going back to school. There's no way I'm going. Back. No, no. Yeah, no. I didn't have the resources. I was first in my family to get a degree. Um, I just didn't have the support or structure, you mm-hmm. know, when all of my friends mm-hmm. were planning what college they were going to go to. I didn't have anybody to to support me and what that looked like or where I might go or sort of, you know, go through the 
the process with me. And so I just, and, and everybody in my family's gone to prison. And so yeah, that yeah, I was going to talk to, I wanted to talk to that in a bit, but, but, yeah. but, but you're right. It's sort of, and again, not only did she start her college education way later than a lot of people, not only did she get a four degree, she just got her master's. She just mm-hmm. got her master's. Fully and funded. Not only fully funded. I was going to say, I was going to say she got a Ford restart uh, scholarship. So it's sort of fully funded. So please never tell me that something is impossible. Here's an incredible human being who, just to let you know who, who she is, her first Instagram post actually says, gentle reminder that human beings, you have the power and capacity to make others' lives easier and brighter. Make sure you take full advantage of that magic and make someone smile today just because. And it's sort of that's, that's <laughs> who she is. She sort of brings this smile all the time that – Again, that sort of really captivated me towards you um, and, 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 and just shows who you are, who you are. You could be, you know, like I said, this is the, here's this, this, and plus she's tiny. She's not like this overpowering person. And yet when you see Rick around her and when you see her moving him through crowds, it's amazing because she does it unlike other people who are like, I get out of the way. She does it with a smile. Like everyone that she encounters that she says, okay, wait, here, let me take the picture for you here. Let me do whatever. It's always with a smile. You're, you're, you're an incredible, incredible human being. Um, Charlene, I, I love, I love that we have you on here. Um, I, I, I love the fact, like you said, that, that you've never given up. You know what I mean? You're a testament to that. Never tell yourself that it's not possible. The moment you you put that doubt in that, take a sort of step back and and and, and figure out why why you're doing that. And here from a person who again, um, you know, I wanted to touch a little bit about on on how you get here because you're 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 a person who has had struggles and who has had challenges like not many people have had. We all have struggles, we all have challenges, but you you've had very unique ones. From like you said, the four most important men in your life have been or either are or have been incarcerated so this is something that's very near and dear to you not just the therapy and the help of healing towards people in the prison system but everyone around them from the people who work in the jail to the family members this is something that's really close to you i I would love for you to talk to us why this is important why we should know that this is going on and and maybe again how what, what you're doing to help out this community in particular yeah Definitely. So, I mean, I do think that every community needs healing. Like every mm-hmm. human being should have the opportunity to have access to, to healing and skills and resources and knowledge to even know what's going on with them. Like when I got my scholarship, I had a lot of rage um, just in my being mm-hmm. from the way that I was raised and the things that I was subjected to and the lack of um processing support and ability Mm -hmm. and so I had gone to the doctor and um I and I was like I'm really worried about the amount of rage that I have (laughs) and um she asked me a series of questions uh which were the adverse childhood experiences uh, or aces Yeah. yeah yeah aces yeah and I had a very high score and she asked me some other stuff and she said oh you have ptsd Mm. and mm. you know so here's some things and i was like ptsd what are you talking about yeah i don't you know, have any I war i don't exactly yeah. exactly yeah, yeah. And i've never been in a car accident or yeah. and so um 
when I started learning about it, it was a huge light bulb moment for me. And so there's a group called the Compassion Prison Project, and they actually go into prisons and they read the ACEs. There's a really good video, um, Honor Yard, it's called, Mm -hmm. um, from CPP. And they will get like, you know, 250 guys out on the yard and they will read the ACEs to them and like take a step forward if, um, you know, one of these 10 things has happened. And then also contextualizing it like that, the ACE score was primarily for middle class white people. Um, it doesn't take into consideration um, racial trauma, environmental so, trauma. Yeah, There's a yeah. lot of other Asso- things. Childhood trauma, exactly. Mm-hmm. exactly. But, but just being aware and like people hearing these things and, and how they are trauma and how they do affect you and the responses that those can have like in your body, how, you know, the trauma stays in the body and mm-hmm. the different like that piece of awareness, I think, is so important and getting that out in those conversations and how people can do healing. And so when I set I set a goal to create um, trauma healing project. So I did this like uh, when I very first started at the University of Oregon, I did this uh, leadership institute uh, workshop. It was like six days, 12 hour days, and you just mm. learn all day. And one of the goals that we had to do was set, you know, um, something that is in alignment with our values. Okay. And mine was to create or contribute to a trauma healing project. And then you have to kind of narrow it down. So over time, I was like, you know, what population would I want to work with first? And because of my personal experience with the carceral system and mm-hmm. how many people have disproportionate um, ACEs who are incarcerated, yeah. um, that's sort of like where I have thought to start. Okay. And I've done a few different, I did like the inside out prison education as a student. So you go into prison and you take courses with people who are incarcerated, who are earning college degrees. So it's really important for people in prison to have access to education because mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. the Department of Corrections. We're trying to correct their behavior. Correct, or, yes. You know, so um, I went in and did that. And that was really profound experience for me. I always felt like I was supposed to go to prison because that's where everybody in my family yeah, has gone. Yeah, it's sort and of so, there that, yeah, what, what you've seen as a child, you sort of, you expect that that's what's going to happen to you. Yeah, is the path that was laid. And so for me to be able to go in and be having this other experience was really meaningful for me. And my teacher actually let me bring in the ACE questions and give them oh, to really? everyone. Oh, yeah. really? Really? Yeah. So okay. we were able to print those out and bring them in. She got it cleared and everything. But um, and so we just we gave them to all the men and I was in a men's facility. Yeah. And we just told them, you know, you don't have to put your name on this. You don't even have to all say anonymous. all anonymous. Yeah, yeah. You don't even have to say what number you have. Okay. We just want you to look at these and know that if this is true for you. Self-awareness. Self-awareness. Yeah. And I mean, it was so impactful. So, um, yeah, I've done that. I've do, I've uh, been working with the Enneagram Prison Project. They're absolutely incredible group. They have a lot of, so they use the Enneagram. It's a personality tool. Yes, yeah. And basically, um, you know, you form coping mechanisms from the time that you're a child to survive in the world. And there's like nine main archetypes for those. And they're associated with different numbers. And so they teach people about that. They teach self-awareness, regulation. They do a little bit of addiction science, a little bit of brain science. They're absolutely phenomenal group. And so I've been doing the guide training program with them. Um, I started it 
in 2020. And then when I went, started my master's degree in 2021, I put Mm -hmm. it on hold, but I did continue with them. I did my capstone uh, project on their data. Oh, really? Okay. So I I evaluated their survey. So they give pre-surveys and post-surveys and it's across eight domains. And, um, yeah, they're statistically significant and um, medium effect size, um, nearly large when when viewing the people who've taken the class more than once. We're actually going to be doing larger samples of their data um, in, the, in the coming months to see about that. But so being involved with these groups and then also um, I just got accepted into the teacher training for Inside Out. And so what I really want to do, I'll, I'll start that next month, but what I really want to do is go into these institutions and teach people about what is trauma? How does it mm. affect you? What are trauma informed mm. practices and principles? How can you heal and how can you engage with each other in a way that respects, you know, people's past experiences and understands where their wounds are and how people can navigate this? Like, cause we're all hurting. Yeah, we're all, yeah, everyone is, everyone, there's all of us for whatever reason, whether it's from the past, whether it's from where we live right now. Um, But I I think a couple of things that you said this program definitely does is self-awareness. Self-awareness is is a big part of it. Once you sort of are aware of what's going on, then you can try to understand and then speak about it, which is, which I think is, is the, the important part of healing is for people to listen no i think that once there's listening there's empathy once there's empathy there's understanding once there's understanding there there, there could be these healing modalities which i think i think is is really important and, and and okay first of all i have to ask are you like cloning yourself because here's you're, you're talking about all these incredible <laughs> things that you're taking on which what a mission what what what, an, what a, I'm inspired. I'm inspired that, you know what I mean? Maybe there's other things that I could do. So not only that you have all these projects, you're also uh, the stepmom to a teenage daughter. You're, hello, the right side <laughs> of Rick Doblin's brain. How do you, how do you decompress? How does, how does someone like you, because again, this is all, um, and I want to ask you about your, your, your microdosing practice and see if this, how, how maybe your microdosing practice changed, but how do you, how do you take the time to really disconnect? Because I think that's that's part of the issue that a lot of us have, that unable to disconnect, even if it's for 10, 15 minutes of everything around us, right? Mm-hmm. That sort of, how do you, how does Charlene find that balance of, yes, I have all this stuff, but at the same time, let me be Charlene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a work in progress. So, you know, one of the the things that's really common with people who have uh, high adverse childhood experiences or mm-hmm. a lot of trauma is a lack of boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I used to have an unhealthy relationship with drugs and alcohol, and yep. I was like a real go-getter in that mm-hmm. area. Yeah, and so yeah. I kind of like transformed my addiction for unhealthy things to, you know, I channeled it into these other things for helping. Um, but I do, I do definitely like to take time and I, and it's always, you know, sometimes I'll be running myself ragged into the ground. And then I remember like, Oh yeah, I have to take care of myself. Yes, I need to do that. And so, um, my therapist actually had me, you know, the term fill your cup. Um, she had me identify the ways in which I fill my own cup. And yeah. um, 
it was a lengthy process and, and actually an interesting story that we don't have time for. But I ended up coming up with these key um, things. I have them on my background, actually, on my computer. I had my I came up with them and then I had my friend draw a photo of it for oh, me. Yeah. And they, they keep it on my background. And so now you can have AI do that. You know that, right? I know. It's incredible. <laughs> um, OK, so nature. Uh-huh. Is one of them. So Beautiful. take time out and being in nature, even if it's just well, so you live much. In Oregon, no, I mean, how could you not? I do. Love yeah, yeah, yeah. Even just going outside to mm-hmm. eat, you know, even, no matter what the weather is, if you know, I have to eat, and so it's like even if, if I just take a break to to eat and and be outside, I'll do that. Um, food is another one. Food I love important. high quality food. food. It's so important for me to. Um, I have a condition that we briefly touched on premenstrual dysphoric disorder called PMDD. And so um, taking care of my body is really important. Eating healthy food is super important to me and it makes me feel good and it gives me the strength and the nourishment. Um, Creating or crafting is a really big thing for me. So I have all kinds of wild ideas and I love to make things. I do um, crochet. I crochet all different kinds of clothes beautiful and stuff and- like beautiful stuff you have to check out her stuff for sure <laughs> and then um i like to do beadwork and sewing and all kinds of just random little things uh community is another one for me that's Good. that's really really important connecting um, with people, whether I know them or not, it's just like with you, you know, you're walking by and you saw my maps yeah. bag and then, and then, you know, we're building community now. It's so important. That's for so me. important. That is so important. That is yeah, incredibly uh, important. Music, uh, you know, live or otherwise is such a big thing for me. I can be in a, in a bad mood or I can be unhappy and I can put on music and it can totally change the way I'm feeling and it's just a real, you know, and if I want to be sad or I want to go into my emotions, I, I try to, I have this policy of bottling up um, everything because I don't have time to deal with it. But the, the most important part, and a lot of us do that, but the most important part is you have to go open up the bottles yeah. and sit with your emotions. And so yes. I try to schedule time for that. And sometimes it's just like in the shower, you know, cry in the shower, yeah. save time. Yeah, but, yeah no, know, why like, not? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Kill two birds with one stone. But I could put on some 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 healing music or some sad music or whatever and explore mm-hmm. those emotions, you know, open those up emotions. those bottles. And, and then the last one um, is gratitude. I'm gratitude. always, always in a grateful. state of gratitude. I'm always being grateful. Even when mm, bad things happen, even yeah. when painful things happen, I'm still giving thanks. I'm, I'm always grateful. I have a little gratitude altar here in my house and I try to stand in front of it every day and just give thanks. And even in the smallest instances, you know, people like at triple numbers or, you know, like, um, uh, going through a tunnel or, you know, seeing yeah. a star, dandelion, whatever, when people would make a wish, I give thanks. I just sit and I just have a moment of giving gratitude. And so I, on my little picture that I have, it has all of these um, things drawn out as cards, sort of like um, tarot cards, but not really, but sort of in that style. Yeah. And then it has a little cup at the bottom that says love. And I yeah. feel like, you know, <laughs> my, filling my cup with love and, love and all of these things contribute to that. that, and, that go ahead. Yeah. Part of the part of the grateful, the gratitude thing, too, is meditation and mindfulness. Yeah. And yeah. not, you know, for me, it's like my my mind is very busy and 
think the idea like Rick is another one like meditating it just seems so like we have other things to do we don't have time yeah. to do that. but um right. in my in my master's degree they were showing us the science and how it really does it work does. and how it really can help and so I right. have been and in EPP also in the Enneagram Prison Project they they always open with a, a centering practice and a grounding Mind practice things. And so I have been trying to do, even if it's for two minutes, yeah. even if it's for two minutes, you know, I yeah. try to do it. And before I go to bed, it's like, if I can do it in the morning, great. Yeah. You know, when my, when my brain comes online and yep. uh, before I see what time it is or anything, I just try to say, okay, just sit here and be peaceful and, and be, you know, give thanks and yeah. just be, and then Mindful. also before I go to bed. So those, that's how I, that's how I operate. That's, that's, I think that's awesome. I think that there, if you, if, if I would suggest that you rewind this podcast and write down every single little thing that she said, because that is what life is about. Life is about really enjoying ourselves. Yes, we have this outside situations that are always keeping our minds active, but it's that mindfulness. It's that gratitude. It's that being out with nature. It's that eating correctly. It's that really taking care of ourselves that puts that smile on our face, right? Um, Microdosing has helped me put a smile on my face for, for several reasons. I know that you and I talked a little bit about microdosing. Um, Cultivating Wisdom talks a lot about microdosing because this is what transformed my life and how it sort of put me in this space. Um, do you Can you share a little bit about your microdosing practice, Charlene, maybe how it's changed you, um, You know what you've seen the benefits are from what it's helped you, how it's helped you? Definitely. I mean, it's, it's literally changed my life. Like I can't, Beautiful. I cannot like, it's, it's so wild. So I, in 2017, shortly mm -hmm. after I was diagnosed with P PTSD, yeah. I was diagnosed with PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder. So um, premenstrual occurring before the period, mm -hmm. dysphoric, opposite of euphoric, um, and then disorder. Um, so this is not a very, well, I'd never heard of it. Yeah. So I was going to really, say, yeah, yeah, and again, really, I'm, I'm a man, so I'm not obviously, yeah. mean, but still it's not something that, 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 that's, that I've heard about, but it's, it's amazing that you're, it's, it's great that you're talking about it. It's not, I'm going to say it's amazing. That you're talking, it's, it's wonderful that you're talking about it and bringing this to the forefront because I'm sure there might be people out there who say, okay, what is it that I'm feeling? Why is this going? Oh, wait a minute. It could be that. It was a huge, a huge deal for me to discover this. So mm -hmm. it's a very depressive disorder. Mm -hmm. I think in the most recent study, the percentage was 34% of people who have PMDD attempt to or successfully do commit suicide. Wow. It is a very, wow. very dark Those are staggering place. numbers. Yeah. It's, um, it's a very challenging thing mm. to live with. And... Um, so it was really interesting because my partner actually noticed it in me and he was like, hey, you know, before your period, you get weird. Like you're yeah. not the same person. You don't want to get out of bed. You know, I, I, I have never personally um, uh, like had a suicide attempt or mm -hmm. had the thoughts to wear, but I have definitely struggled with suicidal ideation. Yeah. And um, so, you know, and even not so much like, like if I, it's just like, just not wanting to be alive, you know, yeah. Yeah. and just, it's so, it feels so hopeless and it feels so just down. And it's, it's almost like this. Mm. I describe it like as uh, if you've ever seen stranger things, like the upside down, 
yeah. like this dark world that it's like you're still kind of interacting with the normal world, but it's just got this dark filter dark over filter, it. Yeah. And so um, he had explained that to me and I was sort of took offense at it at first. But then um, once I like removed my emotion, which is a practice that I try to do, like try yeah. to, you know, look at just the information without having the emotional response. And then I went to my doctor and she's like, oh, this is just PMS. It's not that big of a deal. And I'm like, well, it's I think it's a little bit more than PMS. And she's like, no, it's not like get over it, basically. And um, so I kept going about and, you know, oh, you have PTSD. That's because, mm -hmm. you know, these are the symptoms you have. There was these other explanations. And so I just kept trying to do what I could to learn about PTSD, just do my healing. And then I was working, this is when I was at the community college still, and I was working in the women's center and I was dusting the books. And as I was, when I was a child, my dad used to have this room that was full of books from floor to ceiling. Mm -hmm. And I would always go in there and alphabetize them by section. And one of my favorite games to play was to open a random book and open a random page and see what it said. Yeah. And so I still do that curiosity, to this day. That curiosity. You, you, you <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. And so I had done that and I opened this book to a page of symptoms and it was literally every single symptom I had. Are you serious? And I started crying. Really? Immediately. I was like, what is this? It's amazing how the universe works. That's amazing how yeah, the universe works. Yeah, it was very works. powerful experience for me. Wow. And so I checked out the book. And yeah, of it course. was a women's health <laughs> book. And um, I took it home and I showed it to my partner. And he was like, wow, this is spooky. Yeah, <laughs> and so. Wow. I found out, I started looking online and researching and reading, and the UK is actually far more advanced than the US in this, but I um, learned that there's no blood test or saliva test. You have to track your symptoms for two months, and if they occur within this time frame from ovulation to menstruation, which is called the luteal phase, mm -hmm. then you um, most likely have this. And so I went back and I had gotten a new doctor by this time. And she was like, there's definitely, I do believe that this is what you have. I said, I want to go to a specialist and try to figure out what I can do. And she's like, well, I know what they're going to do. They're going to put you on antidepressants. Exactly. And she's like, but you're not depressed and I don't want you to do that. And I was like, I don't care. I will try anything. I am desperate. I cannot yeah. live like this. Yeah. And so she was like, she was so sweet. She's I mean, I live in Eugene, Oregon. She's a little yeah, hippie yeah. lady. And she goes, well, I'm going to make you some essential oils. And I'm gonna, you know, <laughs> and I go, okay, yeah, that's great. But that's, that's not going to stop what like yeah, my yeah. what's happening. And so I ended up going to the specialist and he was like, wow, this is one of the worst cases I've ever seen. And he put me on Zoloft mm -hmm. and well, the generic centrally. Mm -hmm. And I started taking it. And for some reason with PMDD, if you dose just in the time frame, so like with depression, you need to take it for a while. It needs to build up. You need to take it every day. And um, with PMDD, it's not like that. You could take it when you start ovulating and you could stop, take it when you start menstruating. And so I was taking it and it was, it just made me numb, which mm -hmm. was really nice because I didn't have these extreme emotions. emotions I didn't yeah, have yeah. this, but it was also sort of, it was just a different kind of filter. Yeah. You know, and it was almost cut um, off, like almost not, not feeling anything. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was, it wasn't, it was like, I wasn't experiencing the sadness or the rage, but mm -hmm. I also wasn't experiencing the joy. The joy. Yeah. 
And so, but, but I was okay with that because it was better than being in this, you know, terror of treachery. And so I did that. And, um, after a few months, I noticed that it was sort of this is so weird because once I was aware of it, I can Mm -hmm. see it. It's like with my PTSD symptoms. Now that I'm aware of them, I could be like, oh, I'm getting triggered right now. Something in my environment is causing me to my amygdala to start, you know, alerting me to a danger. And then I assess and say, oh, okay, it's this, that's not actually a danger. And then I like tell my brain like, hey, good job. job. You did, you did well, but Mm -hmm. we don't need to be, it's just like a little uh, dog you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's like, oh, you're doing a great job. Thanks for letting me know there's somebody outside, but they're our friend. We don't need to worry yeah. about that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's um, like training a dog, your brain. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, I could see it kind of creeping back in and, um, I got online. I was in the self-help groups on Facebook and I was just so desperate. And I saw an article that said microdosing psilocybin may keep PMDD at bay. Really? And I was like, what? I mean, I had done mushroom, you know, I've been doing, uh, psychedelics for yeah. over 20 years now. So this mm-hmm. was, six you've been awakened. Ago. You've been awakened for 20 years. Like I like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I had done a lot of mushrooms before. And yeah. so I said, um, I don't know how I feel about that. But then I remembered when I started learning about the potential of cannabis and I go, mm-hmm. okay, I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna look at the science. And so I started reading the papers and looking at it and seeing how psilocin is structurally similar to uh, serotonin. So, you know, uh, psilocybin breaks down in your system and that compound is structurally similar to serotonin. And they believe that there's like a mutated gene receptor in the brain with PMDD. They're still not even sure exactly what's happening, but it's basically that your brain has an abnormal reaction to the normal amount of hormones that are produced. And so it creates these adverse uh, experiences. And so anyway, they think that serotonin can help. And so I'm like, I'm going to try it. Yeah. I, what have I got to lose? Yeah, what do you got point? to lose at this point? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I tell my partner, I like show him and I show him all the things I'd read. I'm like, uh, I, I, I'm almost obsessive with information. Yeah. I really go down rabbit holes and I just, Man, I but, just love learning. I, I, and hold on, I, I, to, to a side note to that, Charlene, and I'm a big proponent, again, psychedelics need to come with education. You have to Definitely. educate yourself. You have, so you have to. So important. Crucial. Crucial, crucial. If this is to move forward, if, if, if psychedelic medicine is to sort of help and benefit and heal as many of us as possible, everyone has to be educated from the person who's going to dose to the person who's going to give the dose to the person who are going to be around the people who are dosed. It, it's, 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 it's a lot of education is needed. So it's awesome that you're hitting that on the head of the importance of educating yourself. Thank you. Yeah. So I, I, I have all this stuff and I bring it to my partner and I show him and he's like, mm-hmm. wait you're going to stop taking the medication <laughs> that your specialist yeah. prescribed you mm-hmm. and you're going to start eating magic mushrooms. mushrooms yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, uh, hold on. Rewind. Tell me that again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, but really, you know, what, what, what have we got to lose? Yeah. And so, um, I did it, uh, December 27th, 2017. And I started and I, 
I wasn't sure what protocol to use. And so mm-hmm. I, in my looking up, I saw James Fadiman and I had, I was familiar with him. And so he has microdosing psychedelics.com and his protocol there is, um, take a dose like a 0.1 or 0.2. Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. it, if you feel it, it's too much. You know, he has Correct. all kinds of information on it's there. Wonderful. It's, it, um, it's wonderful. It, it, and it's, then it's, take it's, two days off and then dose on the third day and then yep. take two days off. So you're basically dosing twice in one week. Correct. Yeah, one day on, two days off. What I like, mm-hmm. what I like to call because again, I, I'm 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 a big proponent. Um, the Fatiman protocol has incredibly, incredibly worked for me. To me, it's that first day of dosage, that second day of transition, where you're transitioning out of the medicine, and obviously that third day, which m- people will know, the most important part of any psychedelic practice is that integration. That integration is crucial. Is crucial how you integrate what the medicine has taught you or what you've learned. So it's it, it, it's it's awesome that that you are also you saw the benefits of the Fatiman protocol, how it would work for you, and you were able to implement it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was doing. I haven't done them in a long time, but I should. They have like these little reports that you can put in that help build their data. Correct. So it's really yes. Yeah. It's, it's smart. It's uh, again smart being. It's part of community. No, mm-hmm. it's part of community sharing. It's part of this is what's helping me. This is what's not working for me. And other people can share that in this practice. That's yeah. that's going to that's gonna help a lot moving this forward. Again, do we envision, you know, next year that you're going to be able to go to your doctor and your doctor's going to go, you know what? You need to get in a microdosing protocol. Here's your prescription for your psilocybin and then come back to me in a month so we can help integrate. That's obviously that's not going to happen in a year, but – the more of us that are doing this, the more that we're sharing this information with other people about how microdosing is is helping us, what we see, uh, what has worked, what hasn't worked. The, the, the more we create these communities of sharing, the better the better we can help people heal, no? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I, I did start doing that. And then mm-hmm. um, we noticed, you know, I wasn't having the symptoms. And so we were like, okay, it's just a fluke because we were paying attention to it, you know? Yeah, maybe it's placebo or maybe it's whatever. Um, And so then I just continued doing it. And it, you know, I'm not I haven't been on the the antidepressant since then. And it it has made a huge I mean, I have never there's no I don't know how I was operating before this. It is such a it is such a game changer for me. And there was a point, (laughs) I think it was after like two or three years where I was like, I think I'm fine. You know, I think I'm good. Like, I don't think I need to, Mm -hmm. to do it. And, um, I, I did, I didn't dose when I, uh, I tracked my cycles and I didn't dose when ovulation started. And after a couple of days, I started seeing my old friend come back and I feel like these, these ideas, you know, like Mm -hmm. these moods and these different things. I'm Mm -hmm. they, they, I categorize them in my head as like your old grimy friend who just Mm -hmm. like has always been around. You've always loved them. You've known them since childhood, but they just like make really bad decisions. Now, yeah. I, wonder if, I wonder if the part of the integration when you're when you're off the medicine that part of the integration was able for you to recognize these symptoms that you've had these feelings that you had maybe quicker than it would have before you had started the microdose. Yeah, I definitely think that it has heightened my awareness and my mm. my relationship with myself. That's and my important. my like That's I important. know myself and I am able to show up as my more authentic self than yeah. ever before authenticity that's that's and it was a really big challenge for me because i was doing this and obviously it's not legal 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I'm blessed to live in Oregon where mushrooms grow out of the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but it is a risk. And, and, you know, when I went back to my specialist after six months to have my check-in with him and I was telling him how I'm doing and he was, you know, going through the symptoms and everything. And he was like, wow, you're doing great. This is incredible. And he's like, so I take it, you know, cause I had expressed a little bit of fear. I was like, I, I don't want to be reliant on these pills and Correct. whatever, but I'm desperate and I'll try this. And he was like, well, if you're, you know, if your brain isn't, um, you know, providing you with the things you need, it's okay to take a supplement. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. And if you need that, then that's okay. And so I got to this point where I was like, okay, I'm okay with this, you know, cause it's dealing with the whole thing, the stigma of taking, um, you know, a drug yeah. pre- prescription or otherwise, or otherwise yeah. um, you know, it, it was this huge process and so anyway i can't i go back and he's like oh well see you know it's good you, you could take yeah. a supplement and I, and I was like well i am still taking I a supplement still- and it is still a drug but it's not the one you gave <laughs> me not the one you like, gave me mean? and i i told him and i was like very conflicted like should i tell should this I medical tell professional what, what i've been doing and he was like you know what all i have to say is whatever you've been doing is working don't stop don't stop that's a smart so, that that is a that is a smart smart doctor um, because I had I had a doctor who first of all he told me you look healthy which I'm like okay what does that even mean I look healthy I mean what, what that I took a shower <laughs> I brushed my hair I brushed my teeth I look healthy uh, and then when I told him that I was microdosing psilocybin he said what's that and I was like okay. All right, I, I get it. But uh, awesome, awesome that you found someone. One honesty, honesty with your medical practitioner. Honesty is is always awesome, so that they know what you're doing. And and wonderful that he recognized then said the most important thing to me as your health practitioner is your health. And if you're feeling better, if this is working for you, if you feel that you have much better life doing what you're doing then go go ahead and do it and it's and it's it's out there there's actually i was just looking through there's there's a great mit technology review article that specifically talks about the 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 benefits of psychedelic medicine in women and it specifically talks about pmdd so the the, the science is there the science is there um you know it's, it's it's awesome that you some people use um microdosing to be more creative some people find it to be more balanced some people find it to just be more aware you you're using it to 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 really benefit another symptom that you have and 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 it's and it's it's awesome watching other people with other conditions whatever they are eating disorder um what, what the, the list goes on and on of what we have but if someone who somehow can use microdosing to help that out that I think that I think that's amazing. So um, yeah. good on you. I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm, I'm excited that microdosing was able to, to, to help you do this. And look, hopefully any other one, anybody listening, any women out there listening that might have the same condition to sort of say, hey, you know what, there might be a possibility of something that, that, that could help. Um, I want I want to sidetrack a little bit because we, we, we'd be remiss not talking about uh, what is going to be um, without any 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 doubt um a breakthrough moment in in psychedelics it's going to be the largest psychedelic gathering in the world um, maps is putting together psychedelic science um in june 
um, in Denver. You obviously will be there. I, of course, am going to be there. Everybody who is somebody in the psychedelic space is going to be there. Give us, give us, I know you work with Rick. I know that your mind is somewhere else, but you've actually, I'm sure, been in meetings about what psychedelic science is going to bring. Give us a little preview. Tell us why people have to be there. Yeah. Yes, for sure. I want to, I just want to touch a little, like wrap yeah, up a yeah, little bit yeah. about the microdosing Please. and then I will Please. definitely go into the biggest party of the year. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, one important thing about my doctor told me was if this does not continue to work for you, please come back to me and we will Correct. start looking for things. So that's really important. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work for everybody. It might not work for you. So that's yep. one thing. The other thing is um, after that, I became aware of the Stamet stack, Correct. Um, which is another really good option for people to explore. And like Smart. Paul asked James how he made up his and, and, and how Paul, they, they just made them up. You know, mm -hmm. and so yeah. figuring out what works for you. And yeah, then also I, I changed mine um, with, yeah, with, with James's. I do it. I dose one. I actually do mine at night before I go to okay. bed. Oh, um, awesome. And then, yeah, so I take it just like a, if like I would take a melatonin or something. Yeah. I just take it before I go to sleep. And then I take two days off and then I take it on the second day I, instead of doing it on the third day because I noticed oh. on that last day I was kind of struggling a little bit yeah, more yeah yeah so, so okay. knowing that you have the freedom and the flexibility to to change it based on your needs yes. and 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 then yeah and then the last part you know some people said like oh well what if it's placebo what if it it's like cool then my brain can do that my and whatever that. it needs exactly so what exactly Exactly. If my yeah, brain so is changing, those are just if exactly if my brain is changing, then the more power to it. More whatever it is, I'm happy it is. it's happening. Exactly. Whether it's me thinking placebo. it's happening or whether it is, Correct. I don't care. It's working for me. Pl so yeah, placebo right. not placebo. If it is, then let's then for sure let's you know as long as it makes us as long as it helps us heal, then then let's do it. Yeah. So um, yes, I psychedelic like science. The biggest so party excited. of the year. I'm so excited. Okay, so Maps had its first psychedelic science in um, 2010, and then there was another one in 2013, and then 2017. That was the first one I went to, and now 2023. We had hoped that we would have clinical approval by now. But timelines were set back and other things happened. We're getting you know, there. The it's global getting pandemic. There. It's getting a global <laughs> so, pandemic. Exactly. Something kind of global. Got set back a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit. But so, yeah, we're we're having this gigantic gathering. We have sold over 5,000 tickets. We wow. are hoping to have 10,000 attendees. We'll see. It is. Um, Hold on, I might have to order. Expensive. I might have to order more more merchandise. I'm having to order more gear <laughs> <laughs> to have um, on hand. Yeah, so it is. It is. Uh, the tickets are kind of expensive because it's very expensive to rent the entire Denver Convention Center mm -hmm. and hire all the hands we need. And but we do have scholarship applications. We do have volunteer applications. There, if you go to psychedelicscience.org. Uh, there are three little dashes on the right hand side and you can go down to participate. You can also just go to psychedelicscience.org forward slash participate and look at the ways to get engaged. Um, I don't know 
if we're going to be having day passes, mm -hmm. I think that that's a consideration. I'm not sure where the status of that is. I'm not on the team. This is the very first time that we yeah. have ever contracted out the event. Uh, yeah. And so and uh, we hired Momentum and Kevin Baltic, who does Horizons. Mm -hmm. And so they are doing most of the managing. We do still have some of our stuff, Devin um, yep. and, and a few others. Um, no, but, but old here's school the, map here, stuff. Here's, here's the thing. And, 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 I, and I get it. I get the sort of, okay, is it too expensive? But, I mean, no one's batting an eye at how much Taylor Swift tickets cost. No one's... <laughs> batting an eye at how much ultra cost no one's batting an eye at how much a tony robinson if you need to be there you need to be there you know what i mean if you need to be there this this it's, it's going to be monumental i mean it's not i'm not saying this because we're going to be there not charlene because i have charlene on 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 as a guest this is going to be a global event i mean this is this mm -hmm. is really i think going to change people's minds at how we look at psychedelic medicine at how the potential of psychedelic medicine it's all going to come to the forefront in these four days that, that 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 we're all going to be together so if 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 you need to be there you will find a way to be there um like charlene says there's tons of other ways to get in there but don't don't miss out definitely don't miss out there's 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 it's just going to be it's one it's going to be one of those fomo moments <laughs> that yeah. fear of missing out don't, don't <laughs> fear of missing out it's going to be Besides the fact that everyone who is somebody is going to be there, if you know, I it, it's funny, Charlene. I'm not sure how much you you know this about my story or not, but when psychedelic medicines come into my life, um, it's at the time where Wonderland happened last year in Miami, um, and just the fact that gathering of these of these minds of these forward thinkers in the psychedelic space, I geeked out totally, and then holding space with them at Canadelic, I've realized that they're just every normal day people who just want people to heal. So if just if for just that reason you go mm -hmm. to somewhere where the overall arching theme is going to be healing for our future, then you have to be there. This isn't it is like you said, it's going to be a huge party. We're all going to be celebrating what's going on, but we're going to be celebrating the future healing of humanity, which, as we've said many times in this hour that we've been talking, is what's needed. Yeah, um, Rick is calling it the gateway to the new world. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. And and Rick it, Rick will be holding court there, I'm sure. Um, oh, Lord. Yeah, <laughs> you talked about how I shepherd him through the, the crowds and everything. I always compare Rick in public spaces, especially psychedelic spaces, to being a French fry on the beach. And I have to protect <laughs> my fry. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes. It's and gonna if, be a wild one. It's and if, if if you do get a chance to see just Charlene in action, the way she just interacts with people, it's it's amazing. It's 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 really it's a sight to be seen. Um because again, Rick is a superstar in the psychedelic space, whether because you've saw him on How to Change Your Mind or any other countless documentaries that are out there on the space, or just because he's just such an amazing, amazing individual. The two times that I talked to him that I got of, of the, the honor of holding space with him, which is unforgettable moments. Um, but just to see Charlene shepherd him and wrangle him, you know, through crowds is, is, is amazing. It is amazing. Um, you have a birthday coming up. Do you not? Um, I do. Good for you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday Thank to you. you. I'm wishing you all the excellent things in the world that you desire, that you uh, deserve. Uh, because you are you are an amazing amazing person 
Um, tell Rick that if he's ever on the podcast, he's got a lot. He's got a big. He's got big shoes to fill. He's got. <laughs> <laughs> he's got big shoes to fill after having you. Um, I know that one day, hopefully, you'll help us facilitating having Rick on the podcast. He is an incredible person, so I have no reason why, if he's got the time, he wouldn't give us the time. Yeah. Um, Charlene, amazing. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for being the human being that you are. Thank you for inspiring. Thank you for – I know that you have some mentees that that uh, that you're looking at in Oregon. Thank you for creating this new breed of empathetic good-hearted humans who smile that is that is a beautiful thing um like i said i'm honored to have you in my circle um i'm honored to have you as part of you know this huge big community um let us know what else people should know about you how they can help in any of the causes that you have how they can become part of your community how can they buy some of your incredible wonderful crafts that you have how can people know more about you oh yeah thank you um i deeply appreciate you having me on and the work that you're doing and the awareness that you're bringing i think it's really important i want to um just let people know that if they are not able to attend psychedelic science due to whatever reason we have historically always put all of the videos online and we're going to have six different tracks plus the keynote mm. stages. And so you awesome. are going to, people are going to be missing talks anyway. And so um, one of the things that I used to do is, uh, and my friend actually, it started with him, my friend, Josh, he would have like Thursdays with psychedelic night and he would just invite friends over, would have like a potluck and we would just watch psychedelic science videos. Oh, that's awesome. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then I started doing them at the university. So it, it is really great. And we do want everyone to come, but we realize that some people can't. And so you will, you will still be able to receive the education and the information and the, the sense of community through those videos, um, which will be on our YouTube and the 2017 videos are there now. And I think the, the previous years also in terms of me, I don't actually sell any of my crafts. I have you should historically, <laughs> Um, but then it became like this weird thing where I was, uh, having to make the same thing over and over. And yeah. so I don't, I don't like to do that, but I do, um, like collector's items, <laughs> right? One, yeah. One no, I yeah, have exactly. been thinking about making, um, cause a lot of the stuff that I make, I make it up. Yeah. And so I have been thinking about creating patterns of the things that I make one time. And mm. then putting those out. So uh, mm. I don't have anything um, available right now, but I have been thinking about this. And so um, I, I before I after I graduated from my bachelor's, but before I started at MAPS. So after, right after I uh, graduated, I was offered a position, and um, so it was a month between my graduation date and the time I started at MAPS. Mm -hmm. But in that time frame, in that month. I had started an LLC called Charisma. So it's like Charisma okay. and Charisma, Charlene yes. together. Yeah, yeah, Charisma. Yeah, yeah. Charisma, and, I like um, that. Yeah, it's S-H-A-R-Y-Z-M-A. And um, I I just let it, I had, I had um, got the business registry license for it. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. But then I let it expire. But I re last night, actually, I restarted it because I Good. had been thinking about selling my patterns Good. or any number of other things. So I will have um, charisma.com and I will be making other um, platforms. Charisma, that will be my my name online. There you go. 
There you so, go. Um, yeah, thank you. And no. then, yeah, with MAPS, if people want to get involved, we have volunteer forms you can fill out. I believe it's maps.org forward slash volunteer. I know it was on the old website. I hope it is on this one. If not, you can just go to maps.org and type volunteer into the search bar. We have all different kinds of ways to learn on our website. There's different media. Um, if people want to hear more from Rick, there's, you know, a whole page of different things he's been on, his TED Talk, all different kinds of stuff. Um, our research is on there. There's all kinds of, you know, follow us on Maps News, um, Rick Doblin, PhD. There's all sorts of ways to, to get, gain awareness and get involved. And then, you know, also there's, um, oh, now I'm forgetting what it is, psychedelic.community, mm-hmm. I believe is one, and psychedelic.support. Okay. Are two different websites and you can, um, and then students for sensible drug policy, SSDP.org. Um, you can get different groups, you know, get, start building community and getting with people and making uh, political change or, you know, working, doing policy work. Yep. And then last but not least, Fireside, 62 yeah. Fireside, Fireside, Fireside yeah. Project. They, their, their slogan is real time support for when time doesn't feel real. When time doesn't feel real. That's a, great, that's a <laughs> great line. That's a great line. And Zendo, Zendo, our little sister project who does, uh, offers harm reduction. They will be at Psychedelic Science. They go to Burning Man and other festivals. They just became their own nonprofit. So Zendo.org. Zendo. Yeah, lots of ways nice. to get involved. And thank you so much for having me. And Rick will definitely make an appearance at one point or another. <laughs> uh, the universe will put Rick in front of the Cultivating Wisdom podcast when the universe needs him to be there. So that I have no doubt. Um, thank you, everybody, for, for staying and listening to Charlene's incredible, incredible story for all of her education. Uh, we were blessed. We were blessed to have such an incredible person. Uh, please continue to follow us, share our podcast. We're out here trying to inform people about the wonderment of psychedelic medicine, um, doing it in an ethical, responsible uh, way. Education is the most important part. Um, as always, continue to spread much love, continue to spread much love, and always cultivate that wisdom. Thank you for listening.